Broads. This is Liz. This is Devin. We're back, back, back again. I have a <laughs> whole passel of patrons to thank. Uh, and just like we ended the last episode saying we're going to make everybody rich with treasure, this is also treasure episode. So hang on through all these patrons because mm -hmm. there's a treasure at the other end. All right. I would like to welcome Amy, Kylie, Fleen, Emma, and Heather Rose. Thank you, everybody. Thank you guys so much. This is very pertinent because Emma, on her birthday this year, it was a very special day. Tell Not me. just because of Emma. Okay, good. But yeah. Because Forrest Fenn's treasure was found. Oh, it wasn't by me! No. And if you're frustrated now, wait an hour. Oh, Because there's a lot and most of it is frustrating. But we're going <sighs> to jump right into it. But first of all, I want to thank the new patrons. Thank, thank you, patrons. patrons. Yes. Thank you, patrons, for your ongoing support, your new support, and thank you to all of our listeners. Now, that sounded like the ne that an sounded end. That like, sounded like I was yeah. I was sending them off. Are you like, on that's PBS? Why, that, is that that's after why they, a charity drive? They they say that you're not supposed to... That's why they, in Hollywood, don't say goodbye on the phone, because they say the audience, like, tunes out when they hear goodbye. Are you kidding and me? I've said it a bunch of times. That's... That Probably is, an urban legend. That's one of my mom's pet peeves in TV or yeah. movies when people hang up without saying goodbye. She's like, you would never fucking do that in real life. Would it? I, except for she's my mom, so she didn't swear. <laughs> but you would never do that in real life. No, I always get mad at the, you've got to come down here and see this. Just explain. Oh, just, just, you fucking drama queen. Give me, Especially yeah. when it's like, hi, we're yeah. like spaceship guys and we're on the, the premier starship of the whole Earth space fleet. Mm -hmm. You should come down here, Captain. Be more specific. Exactly. Just I, You're not in charge of whether I should come down here. This feels like when Lydia's <laughs> like, come look at this. And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> Sell me on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. I don't want to come into your tent, which is a hot box of farts, to look at some crayons yep. that I bought you. <laughs> yes. Let me be the judge of that. How about you sum it up quickly? How about that's something that we teach in officer school in Starfleet is situation <laughs> summarizing. Well, I like know. at least the warp core is fucked. Like totally it's okay, you can cuss. Totally, he's got to run there with his own little two legs and take your space elevators. God, okay, we're not getting anywhere with this. <laughs> we uh, we overshot the energy. <laughs> Let's talk about forest fence treasure. Let's do it. Which we did originally as an episode way way back, oh, somewhere yeah. in the fifties, I think. Let me give you an outline of the episode, actually. Okay. Forrest Fenn is an interesting individual. Mm -hmm. We dug more into his life story in that original episode. For the purposes of this, what you need to know is that he is in his 80s. Mm -hmm. And when he was in his late 70s, he decided to hide a chest full of treasure mm -hmm. somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. I approve. Yes. On the general principle. I think the Forrest Fenn episode was one where we went real hard about Nagpra and a lot of opinions about his whole general approach to treasure, which huh. is going to also circle back around as we get to this. But the essence, we always go for like, no pun intended, the nugget of the story <laughs> is that he had a near-death experience with, I believe, liver cancer, okay. no, kidney cancer. When he recovered, he said, I want to make a mark on the world. So he had been an 
antiquities collector slash grave robber slash dealer in illegal antiquities probably was mixed up in the Hobby Lobby thing. I'm just calling it from here. (laughs) Like, under investigation by the FBI for inappropriate purchase and obtainment, I don't even know, of artifacts. Like, he has a huge collection, Mm -hmm. and some of it was shadily acquired. Can't nail down what proportion that would be. Sure. Okay, so he took some of his goodies that he had collected and he put them in a chest, which was also a goodie. It was like from the 12th century, (laughs) beautiful, classic, everything that we were looking for with our pirate treasure Uh last episode and didn't get. Uh Uh-huh. This is a legit thing. It's actual treasure. So he, at first, when he had the kidney cancer, he's like, I'll be buried next to it. Then he recovered. And he said, well, I still have this treasure box. So he toted it out and hid it in the mountains and wrote a life story in which he put a poem that is supposed to contain nine clues to the treasure. So over the ten years that followed, thousands of people looked for this. Yeah. More, probably, but it's not like there's an official register. It was estimated, basically, that there's a million dollars worth of stuff in the box, and the box itself is worth a million. (laughs) Although, of course, you don't know... What's in there? Because he doesn't say. He, he kind of hints, at, you know, we know the kind of stuff he has. Right. It's not like, you know, Superman number one or something. It's right. going to be gold and tribal artifacts he shouldn't have, probably. Right. You know that it was material metal mm-hmm. goods for the most part. So gold, yeah. silver, platinum, whatever. As opposed, And in addition to that, the funerary and grave and cultural goods, like you just said. Yeah, so he has said over the years that it had precious jewels, it had diamonds, it had gold. The estimated number, according to Forrest, is that about 350,000 people have searched for the treasure. And I don't have the citation on that, so I don't know if that means, like, everybody who's thought about it, everybody who actually got in the car and went someplace. Right. I don't know. But would you like to hear the poem? Oh, yes. I, I, yes, please do. I know I've read it, and I don't remember it, and there's all kinds of really cool illusions in there. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where, and hint of riches new and old. So I think that in itself seems... I, I don't know how the actual hardcore people feel about it, but to me that feels like a preamble. He's just saying, yes. I had treasure, I went there, and it's a secret, and yeah. there's riches. Yeah. Okay, begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk, put in below the home of Brown. From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. So, of course, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of words written about what any of that could mean. Right. And the, hmm. the brown is capitalized. Okay. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze. Just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answers I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. 
It got a little shaky in the middle because I think he had to actually put clues in. But I'm yeah. like, okay, you've painted a really cool, eerie picture of your geriatric ass hauling <laughs> 42 pounds of equipment. Uh, so it is a 42-pound package, and he did two trips, basically. But he was in his 70s. Oh, my. So that's always been a factor. As you know, it's the Rockies. You're presumably limited to places where somebody his age and health could go. Yeah. So with that said, out of the 350,000 or so, there have been five deaths of people who were searching for the treasure. That many? That many. So first is Randy Bilyeu. He went missing in January 2016. He was found dead in July. This is straight from Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. They don't know exactly what happened to him. But they know he was looking for the treasure. But, you know, that was a lot of months. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Murphy, found dead in Yellowstone in 2017. So about a month before they found Randy, he fell down a steep slope. Okay. And so when Murphy's wife originally called authorities, she said he's looking for the treasure. Pastor Paris Wallace said, I'm going to go look for the treasure. He doesn't show up again in June 2017. I guess it was really heating up. The, well, was that Pokemon Go summer? Maybe that was Pokemon Maybe Pokemon Go, Go summer, summer, right? And you're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I get GPS out here, but they're partly mm-hmm. not any Pokestops, but I want to hatch those fucking eggs, man. Yeah. Man, you can tell I'm like, I'm uncomfortable talking about all these people dying. Okay, so they found his car, and then eventually they found his body along the Rio Grande, same as Randy. Eric Ashby was found dead in the Arkansas River. He moved, apparently, according to his friends, to Colorado specifically to look for the treasure and was last seen, again, in that June, rafting on the river and then was found in July of 2017. So most of these in one year. That was a really deadly year. Well, and I'm sorry, when when did Finn hide it? When did he bury it or release the poem? What year? 2010. Oh, wow. Okay, so it took people seven years before they started dying for this. I think so. Okay. I think so. Michael Sexton was found in March 2020 alongside an unnamed male adult companion. The companion recovered, which is why his name is not given. I see. But Michael passed. They were discovered near the Dinosaur National Monument along the Utah-Colorado border. I don't have a map of where all these guys were, but it mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of the attention as of at least 2017 was focusing on Colorado. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. I mean, Rio Grande is, shoot, U-C-A-N. Okay. So Colorado and, and Mexico border each mm-hmm. other, right? But with the Rio. Okay. I was trying to place that too. So you're right. Lots of Colorado. We're good. I know my geography. <laughs> I'm impressed. So... What's happened, of course, and I understand it better now that I understand how quick those deaths came in succession. I think I was a little more frustrated with it when we talked about it the first time. Mm-hmm. Is people have said, Forrest, you've got to call this off. Yeah. People are dying. Yeah. And we went into it originally that proportionate to, like, people just going outside, this is not that bad. Sure. This is not an excess mortality rate I would be concerned about, although I'm sure it's very, very different when it's your loved one mm-hmm. who took risks mm-hmm. that you don't feel like they would have taken if the treasure hadn't been there. But what Forrest says about all this, and he does have a way with words, is people are falling in the pool and drowning. Our job is not to close the pool. Our job is to teach them to swim. Oh, Forrest, I and love I'm you. Like, 
Well, okay. Spit that cowboy truth. Absolutely. At us. Yes. I get it. Like, yeah, a lot of people die in Yellowstone. Right. A lot of people die in natural settings. I feel right. bad for these folks and I feel bad for their families. But I don't think that there's a theory of law that really connects forest to this stuff? I don't know. It becomes a philosophical question. If I were going to prosecute Forrest for something, it would not be this, you know? It sounds <laughs> like he's got many other actionable reasons mm-hmm. to prosecute. That's kind of the, the human toll, which I did want to acknowledge. As of early June 2020, rumors start to fly that the treasure has been found. Okay. And Forrest is saying this, people are saying they've heard Forrest saying this, and then June 7th, a post appears on a website that's basically Forrest's informal website. It's very weird, clearly handmade. It's not him, but it's somebody who knows him okay. and is involved with the treasure, who runs it for him. Okay. So here's what was posted. Has the treasure been found? Yes, Forrest has confirmed that the treasure has been found. And here's his note. The search is over. It was under a canopy of stars in the lush forested vegetation of the Rocky Mountains and had not moved from the spot where I hid it more than 10 years ago. So I said 2010 really confidently. What we know is he published the poem and the autobiography in 2010. Mm, okay. It's, it's possible he hid it earlier, sure. but I don't know why. I do not know the person who found it. But the poem in my book led him to the precise spot. I congratulate the thousands of people who participated in the search and hope they will continue to be drawn by the promise of other discoveries. So the search is over. Look for more information and photos in the coming days. So that's the note. Okay. What information is not in that note that you would be curious about, even as somebody who has not been searching for this? Give me the actual exact coordinates. Yeah. Tell where? me where it was. What, is, what it? is Yeah. Yeah. What are the clues? What is the place of Brown? What do you mean if you're brave and in the wood? How yeah. did, what was any of it? Who found it? How'd they figure it out? How did they contact you? No, all we get is it was a guy who found it from the eastern United States. And the way that he knows it was found is the guy sent him a photograph. So we don't know who this is. We don't know where it was. We haven't seen the photograph. Uh, This is not a satisfactory outcome. Oh, no. That's total blue balls right there, man. It's not. I would rather you not tell me it was found and wait until you're able to divulge all the information. Because, gosh dang, this just makes me angry. It's not not a wonderful tease. It's a frustrating tease. No, people felt a lot of kinds of way about this, and I will cover some of the major responses, because we are not even halfway through my notes, my friend. Oh, the treasure's been found, and the party keeps rocking. Goodness. Okay. Well, and I know there's got to be some conspiracy theory angles that you're going to cover, because mm-hmm. I one mm-hmm. of the first things that I thought was, it wasn't found. You just pulled it because you, you know, had some kind of heat, you know? There was going to be a lawsuit over one of these deaths aimed at you if you didn't pull it. Ooh, we got a whole dim sum menu. I can't of wait. Conspiracy Give theories. Give me the buffet. And we'll we'll go over some of them, and then we'll just take the tastiest morsels. <sighs> so one initial response is exactly like you said. No, you didn't. 
<laughs> but this actually was an interesting one. This goes a step further. So this is Linda Bilyeu, whose name you might recognize no. as the former wife of Randy, who's one of the people who died. Oh, she said, oh right. As of mm, a couple days after the announcement, she thought the whole thing was a hoax. She <gasps> said he never hid the treasure. He needed attention and this is how he got it. That's why he said the treasure was found and didn't give any proof or information. Linda. Oh my. Linda. So that's a big swing. That that's a big swing. Because is... I'm like, it's not like somebody who has no reason to be in the woods or have treasure. Like, uh-huh. Means motive and opportunity. Uh-huh. But interesting. Uh, I have not seen follow-up stuff from her on this. But dang. But what Fen did in response mm-hmm. was posting three pictures on that same fan blog where there's one where it shows him sorting through the chest. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a picture of what was in the chest and it's captioned removing objects from the chest. It is darker than it was 10 years ago when I left it on the ground and walked away, which is wild. So he's saying it wasn't buried. It wasn't right. in a cave. He just left it on the ground and walked away. Just hanging out. Yeah. So another photo shows the treasure it's captioned not long after it was discovered. So sort of implicitly, this is a picture. This is maybe the picture that the finder took right. of it in the place where it was. Right. And then there's a third picture where he's wearing a silver bracelet with turquoise in it that's tarnished black. Hmm, so okay. are you satisfied? No, of course not. No. no, and that doesn't pro- that still doesn't prove that you put it out in the woods 10 years ago and that it's been there since. That tells me that mm-hmm. you at some point had a chest. You took some photos of all of your doubloons mm-hmm. in said chest and then had the photos. That doesn't yeah. prove anything further than evidence of... Okay, you had this at one point. Exactly. Dude with, exa- like, dude with Scrooge McDuck level of treasure in your house. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. It's you... like asking us to, like, take a picture with Ouija merchandise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want the Bigfoot? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Uh, let me turn slightly in my chair. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and so for him, it's like, yeah, the, those are our treasures and these are his. He could have faked that so easily because nobody knew what it fucking looked no, like. No, of course not. I'm sure he has got another chest lying around or, or a tarnished turquoise bracelet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little boot block okay. will tarnish that up real nice for photos, mm-hmm. Forrest. <laughs> so some people... Not in this case, Linda. I haven't seen a follow-up from her. I think this is probably an unpleasant time for her, and she doesn't totally. want to get attacked by everybody. But other people are like, no, that's a hoax. The The hoax disproving pictures are themselves a hoax. Gotcha. According to, for instance, an anchor from CBS This Morning named Tony Docupil, mm-hmm. who says, That's a real I name. think the treasure's 100% real. I don't, however, think it's been found. So that's an exciting take. All right. Of the treasure is real, but that wasn't it, which is a bold strategy, Cotton. There's but, still hope for me to find it. Mm hmm. I think that's uh, driving a little of this. Tony, Tony boy, mm-hmm. yeah, well, <laughs> points Tony. out this the same things that you did, right? Which is there's no time stamp. There's no date stamp. We don't know where he is. Right. The pictures that are actually 
have Forrest in them. Like, you can tell he's in his 80s. Like, he's clearly not in his 40s or something. Yeah. But that doesn't tell you anything. It could have easily just been, like, if he took two pictures before he buried the treasure and he's aged well. Or Mm -hmm. he took two pictures of some other treasure. Like, there's a lot. That's not great proof. So, what Dokapil says is that he spent time how long was it nearly a week with fen at the compound in 2012 so at the this compound? guy wrote the yeah you know he has his compound david <laughs> remember with all the skeletons and stuff do you kind of remember this this guy went out there and basically was like terrified the entire time that they were going to trip over a skull and he'd oh. have to watch forest decide whether to do anything with it oh. <laughs> yeah that's right okay Mm-hmm. Weird vibe. He said that the publicity was what was important to Forrest. Mm-hmm. At the time, he'd written the book The Thrill of the Chase two years prior. The only people who had mentioned it were little publications or an airline magazine, and he had no credibility as somebody who actually had a lot of collectible items, a.k.a. treasure, and who would do something as crazy as invite people to find it. So Newsweek, the article that this guy did, was when it really blew up and people started looking for it and it became a national spotlight thing. But what this guy says, the guy who brought him to such prominence, is the real reason why I don't think the treasure has really been found is because Forrest told me that his plan was to entomb himself along with the treasure. I think the treasure is in a location where an older man can still get to it and crawl or insert himself in and alongside the chest. I mean, that's how it was explained to me. You have a guy who's been collecting archaeology his whole life, which is quite a phrase. He's been collecting archaeology by the bucketful, I guess. Yeah. Buy one, get one free. Yeah. Is so in love with it, he's hatched a plan to make himself part of that record for all time and invite the public in to try to find it and his bones, he continued. I am confident it is not a hoax. Forrest wants to be remembered for thousands of years, and this is his way of doing so. So that's an exciting psychological aspect of this. Well, I'm just (laughs) baffled, yes, that he thinks that this guy wants to be like Pharaoh 2.0 and then go to his grave with all of his treasures and then someone finds him, that's part of the... Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Part of the treasure. He is the treasure himself. (laughs) Yeah, he's the treasure. I don't know, this seems like... I, I get that his original plan was, I will bury the treasure and die next to it. Yeah. Because he thought he was dying of kidney cancer. Yeah. But man, you live 10 more years into your late 80s. Uh, you're less mobile in general yeah. than you were. And I think you also probably get a better perspective of how much warning you get that you're going to die. And if you're going to die, like nobody, nobody dies like that. No. Was like, he, yeah, was he, well, I have exactly enough energy to... To get to the plot point. I have to mm-hmm. get to my save point and lie down next to it, mm-hmm. and then I guess I'm done. I, unless he had, like, a cyanide tooth or something that he could bite on like a spy and just be like, awesome, I'm super ready. But, like, I could never do that, because I'd be like, as soon as I bite down on the tooth, I'll remember I left the oven on. You know? <laughs> it would never work. Well, and with Forrest, too, you're like, I don't... I think he likes the publicity. So if you picture picture this guy who, you know, I, I've been on some of the forums, they can say confidently, like, Forrest has never been to this part of the state or whatever. They have tracked him so intensely no, creepy. over the time period. Oh, yeah. No, this is 
wild. This shit gets wild. You think that that guy could just die? <laughs> like, he could just, like, walk away? He could, like, ricket his ass back to the Rocky Mountains? He could leave his his compound? <laughs> Drive to where this thing is, get out and climb in, and nobody would n- watch this happen. <laughs> or nobody would be like, he died. There won't be a burial. We're not sure where we- he went. Like, no. <laughs> we- we're still collecting the social security checks, though. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was thinking, how many people have, like, trail cams, you know, at places mm-hmm. that they're like, Forrest could be out here. And they're just waiting for a notification on their phone, like, fucking doorbell, but for the back 40 that's saying, oh, yeah, there's a dude hanging out here. Oh, no, this yeah. one was just a cougar. False alarm. Raccoon was last a week. Yeah, like, you don't you don't return to the scene of the crime for something like this to lie down and die. That is just... I mean, I'm not saying that nobody would ever make a plan like that, but it does not seem like a well-thought-through plan, and I will give Forrest this. He does seem to think this stuff through, right? Well, I mean, if you think it's not a well-thought-through plan, then I guess there goes my plan. I- I'm not doing it now. I mean, I was all on board until you just poo-pooed it. Oh, yeah. no, honey. Yeah. It's different if you do yeah, it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. That's got a great personality, too. What other pretty lies you want to feed me? <laughs> so... There's another take on this. Okay. There's two different people who are suing him or suing somebody else. So one is, you know, I'm just going to not include her name because I don't want to deal with it. But there's this attorney. Okay. And I'm using that very loosely. The only cases she's really prosecuted are ones of her suing people. Okay. Which is not a typical approach. Not usually. To being an attorney. No. She... She filed a suit in Santa Fe with Fenn and the finder of the treasure as the defendants. So what she says basically is she got very into this hunt a couple years ago during a divorce. Mm -hmm. She made about 20 trips from Chicago to Santa Fe trying to get the treasure, Mm -hmm. which she says she was going to either donate or sell off and use the proceeds to start a charity. Okay. Sure. She's like, oh, I thought it would be fun. I'd write a book. And she's actually says a funny follow-up book. And I'm like, dang, you're good at this. <laughs> just like slide in the fact that you already have a book available. Nice plug. Uh, yeah, well done, lady. Mm-hmm. So she feels very cheated because she says, and I was not able to get a hold of the actual filing and frankly not going to worry about it. Yeah. That somebody was texting her obscene things over the past couple months And somehow, in a way that is unclear from any of the articles, he got her solve and got to the treasure before her. I see. Yeah. So what she says is, all this time I've invested the money, the car shot to heck, and then some guy comes out of nowhere and just follows you and grabs it. So that is one thing that she's saying is that he basically stalked her. And that is... okay. uh, what happened i don't know where fen comes into this yeah i was like why is he a defendant to be honest i'm i'm too over reading frivolous lawsuits at this point i bet you life. are because i think this is a pretty frivolous lawsuit mm-hmm. you cannot do this although this was exactly what people were saying right after you know in the couple days after the solve or not the solve but after he said it's been found mm-hmm. there were a lot of people saying i wouldn't 
announce it if it were me because everybody's going to come after you. Yes. And say, you know, I mean, people share their work. There's communities of thousands of people who are like, you know, here's my theory about this. Yes. And I was looking at this little corner of this map. Like, it's yes. a big community. Yes. So it is not like most of these treasure hunters are completely free of having ever put a hint out there that may have been correct. Mm -hmm. So if you were the person who found it, I mean, they can't say, hey, I posted that it was this and that's where it was and you stole my idea. Mm -hmm. But they can sure waste your time because <sighs> now they know you're rich. Exactly. You've got the money <sighs> to go defend yourself. Yeah, you painted a huge target on your back for other reasons as well that we'll get into in a little bit. Oh, I so, see. I'm not worried about her. Now, there's an exciting other lawsuit happening. Uh-huh. With a family who were originally from Florida. They live in Wyoming. And what they say is that on June 5th, they called Forrest. They presented him with this information. So I guess I don't know if it was a phone call or what it was. Okay. Okay, yes. No, we called him and said, sir, we're calling Bluff. So... Basically, what they have been in contact with him. They've been searching for a long time, for years. For years, they've been searching. And they said that this winter they talked to him and he said, let the snow melt and the mud dry before you go after the treasure. Okay. Which is maybe just a nice thing to say. Like, just common sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound... I mean, I feel like they're trying to imply that it means that he was like, you're on the right track, but be careful. You know, just saying, like, please... Please be careful. Right. Could, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what they say is that they called him on June 5th and said, here's our solution. And that they had narrowed it down to one 12 foot by 12 foot area on a blueprint. And then two days later, he says the treasure has been found. So what they say happened is that he basically had somebody pull it, that he didn't want them to get it. So as soon as they sent him the solve... He had somebody go out there and get it. So they're saying the treasure was real, but the solve was not of oh the person gosh. who's getting the credit. So complicated, right? And oh now my that gosh. actually would be fucked up. Oh, that'd be so shady. That's yeah. so not cool. But also, like, guys, why that? What? I'm sorry. Were you like teacher's pet trying to show off? Like, mm, I solved the riddle. Just go find it. Show. Yeah, like. Deeds, not uh, words, you dicks. Uh huh. I'm like, look, not a lot of people have, have solved a lot of problems from their couch. But uh -huh. if you're going to actually, like, go there, if you think you've actually solved it, do it. Otherwise, you're just, like, asking the teacher, well, is it A? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, is it B? Mm -hmm. Okay, he wants you to get your asses out there. Yeah. yeah. yeah so these guys are, are frustrated, and they're saying, look, I don't want to sue him. He's our idol. He's not handling this right. And... They think he just basically took it and put it in the bank. And I'm like, mm, I think it sounds like you guys were not ready for it to be done. Now, if they did yeah. do that, then if they can have, like, maybe any evidence that this June 5th phone call happened. Right. I would be more one to their side. Because I'm not saying Forrest isn't shady. Because this dude is incredibly okay. shady. But also, but... Like, I mean, come on now. What wasn't it like Alexander Graham Bell and the guy that we don't know about telephones went to try to patent mm -hmm. telephones on the same day? You can have inspiration strike the same time it's striking another dude and he was just mm -hmm. two minutes ahead of you guys. 
Yeah, yeah, because we're all kind of seething in the same yeah. cultural reference pool, yeah. and they are presumably are all reading the same forums, yeah. so maybe there were two things that two different people posted that everybody made the connection with, or maybe they weren't actually that close, but they're exaggerating because nobody can prove mm-hmm. it. So he's been sued before. A couple people have, let's see, Brian, well, you know what, I won't name him. Um, Somebody has sued him saying it was a written contract, basically, that I've solved, that the the poem is a contract, and that means that if I've solved the poem, you have to give me the treasure. (laughs) And that didn't work. And then another guy sued him and said, you gave conflicting and misleading clues in order to deliberately misdirect me away from the treasure. So if you are hardcore into this lifestyle, I don't even know what to call it. If you're hardcore into Forrest Fenn treasure life 24-7, then you are not just looking at the poem. You're looking at the book. You're looking at everything else he's ever said, ever done, every photo he's ever posted. The lady who's suing him is kind of infamous for having gone off her solve based on some mildew on a hat in a picture that he posted what? one time, which she said was shaped like a certain state, I think. What? I'm probably butchering it, but I'm probably not making it weirder. I bet you're not way. making it weirder. Oh my goodness. A lot of legal stuff happening here in terms of uh, people trying to use civil courts to shake this out. And of course, we also have the criminal aspect of the people who are falling to their deaths Mm -hmm. and the people who are, you know, turning on each other, all this kind of stuff. But what Fenn said at the time, along with the swimming thing, is he said, look, I've, I've been there where there's been hundreds of thousands of people that have invested time, money, heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears. It's it's unfair if I call it off now. Yeah. It's unfair if I pull it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I kind of see that. It so does make the actually... five confirmed deaths kind of meaningless to me. If, if the treasure If the was treasure's pulled, pulled yes. And I, I don't mean yeah, that to sound like callous, but want. it's... No, they... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Like you said, it's not my loved one, so I don't want to be flippant and saying they died doing what they loved. You know, that doesn't bring back a person. But, yeah, I would think that if I had died trying to find Forrest Fenn's treasure, I would want him to keep the treasure going. Yeah, I would want it to be solved yeah. properly. I yeah. would not want him to just be like, oh, it's all over. Don't worry about it. Nobody else go out there. Right. No, that would be very disappointing. Yeah. I will cover a few more pieces and then I'll kind of open it up to discussion. Mm. Uh, but I think I'll let you get a word in. Oh, totally. Well, uh, um, yeah. One thing I was going to say about the the whole people going off on these tangents based on his entire life ephemera not just the poem but looking for these Mm -hmm. very specific clues or very um what's the word like esoteric clues just makes dude like if you toast enough pieces of bread you'll find one that looks like virgin mary so Mm -hmm. if you look at enough photos you're gonna find some mold that looks like mississippi if that's what you're looking for i just can't as someone who's not a treasure hunter at all and also doesn't decode ciphers even a little bit, I still think that I would look at the poem itself and not assume Mm -hmm. that these other facets of his life, I guess maybe they could provide additional information, but I don't think you have to fit all of them together to see the whole picture. I think it's just within the poem. 
Yeah, I feel like if he did something really unusual or always used a certain phrase, I might start to think about yeah. it. But like he's not even Kubrick was actually like that. Mm. It's just that if human brains love patterns, totally, they love patterns. We've said this a million times, and you want to be able to solve it. You, you we want to solve it. That's what's so frustrating about I know. this is not getting the solve. You don't get the solve. Why yeah. would you? I I don't even like treasure is nice, but I want to know what the answer is. And right. I would like it even more if I'd been working on this right. forever. So and it, with that in mind, let's talk about how the treasure hunters feel. Or what were you going to say? I was going to say that it's not even like a magic trick where a magician never reveals his secrets. And that does take the fun out of it. Like once you know, there are some mm-hmm. tricks where you're you're left going, okay, don't actually tell me. I don't really want to know. But there are some things where you just, you need to know the solve. Because it's it's not... Mm-hmm. It's not about the trick anymore. It wasn't about the illusion. It's about, I want to see how this whole thing fits together. I've been thinking about this one, you know, levitating woman for 20 years. Just tell me how you effing do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not enjoying the mystery. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The mystery's not <laughs> no part. Yeah. here. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So the treasure hunters in general, besides the ones that are tied up in litigation. Okay. An estimate by at least one of them has said that a third think it's a hoax, a third think it was never found, and the rest think it's great. Someone found it. Let's move on with our lives. Okay. And that's from somebody who estimates she's taken 300 trips looking for the treasure. And she has an interesting perspective. She's gotten very, very positive about this to a degree that I wouldn't have been able to. (laughs) But here's what she says is it's better not to know where it was because what if you are 100% right and you just missed it? Mm. Or what if you were 100% wrong and you've been working on this for years and you weren't even close? You're right. Different ballpark. And you wasted so much time. Yeah. Or, yeah, if you were 99% of the way there, you still wasted your time. So what she says is, as long as we don't know the location, we can each be right in our own minds. (laughs) And you're like, well, that's sweet. Because you can kind of keep trying to solve it. Because you still don't know where it is. It's still... You still don't know if your interpretation of warm waters or mine is correct. Yeah. So you could keep arguing about it. Oh, good. And that's what I love uh, to do is argue on the internet with strangers. Well, they're not strangers, though. They're that's family. right. They're a family. A family. Uh, and I, that came out kind of sarcastically. But, you know, any shared interest like that, you get to know people. There's people who are saying, like, look, the, the treasure hunters, like, I, I lost my home in a fire and they organized a fundraiser for Aww. me. Or they have a thing called Fenbury, <laughs> which sadly this year was canceled, of course, because of the whole COVID situation. But they're hoping to get together at least one more time in person. Sure. Kind of swap war stories and enjoy each other's company. Sure. I mean, that's kind of sweet. That's kind of nice. That is sweet. But, I mean, hell, even Juggalo fans call themselves family. So, like you said, you find your weird thing, you find weird people who like your weird thing, and you are chosen family. So... Yeah, you can't say fairer than that. Uh, so, yeah. you know, there's there's the perspective of, like, cool, all right, that was fun. I'm moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. There's people who are like, can you just give us something so we know if we were close? Because I have no closure. I No closure, right. So and he's said before that there have been people who were within, how many yards was it? You know, he mm-hmm. has said people were tantalizingly close, could have seen it if their eyeballs had just landed in the right part of the forest. Yeah. And so... And that's... Oof. 
the thing about that too is like it's not like he published this and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like he'll talk to you. He'll pick up the phone apparently if you're really into this. Oh my gosh. So that's got to be its own thing too where you're like do I have information that nobody else does? Mm-hmm. Or you know what maybe that's why they called him is they thought he would be like oh yeah you're within a hundred yards or something and then they'd plan the For trip. sure. And instead all of a sudden he's like no treasure's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry I'm out. Yeah. No more treasure. So how Forrest feels okay. is mixed. He says, I feel halfway kind of glad, halfway kind of sad because the chase is over. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can I can see that, but also you're getting a lot of publicity and I'm sure that hurts so bad. <laughs> so Oh, you poor baby, you multimillionaire full of all of your stolen artifacts who's getting a whole lot of mm-hmm. the attention that you crave. You're kinda sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy. Fucking hide another one. Start another one. You've had ten years Start to come up with your sequels with right. this. What's your yeah. sophomore album, man? Exactly. <laughs> Lay it on us. When's it dropping? Yeah. Okay. There's one person in this who we have not talked about how they feel. We've talked about how people who think they almost got it feel, how other hunters feel, how Forrest feels, the person who found it. Mm-hmm. How do yeah. they feel? So we don't know, but we can guess that they are smarter than the average bear. By which I mean, this was not a case of somebody stumbling on it. Yeah. This is not a case of somebody who decided to get into it for a weekend thing because here's the complication about this treasure it varies by state but in general when you find treasure on private property it's not yours Mm -hmm. it belongs to the person whose private property it Mm -hmm. is on federal land you need a permit if you're going to keep anything you find. Yeah. And even then, as this article points out, you're going to need lawyers. Because treasure is a legal category. There is a legal definition of a treasure. There is a legal definition of lost treasure. And forest treasure isn't lost. It wasn't misplaced. Yeah. It wasn't abandoned. He knows exactly where it was. Yeah. Hidden is a different thing. Yeah. It's not from antiquity. It's not like there are are laws to deal with, you know. What if you find a shipwreck from three hundred years ago? Mm-hmm. Whose is that? Mm-hmm. Who like who has rights to it? There's laws about this mm-hmm. stuff. So if the owner is known, then the property is supposed to go back to them. Which is complicated, given that some of his stuff probably should be going back to the people who made it. Yeah. Now, another thing that a lawyer points out here, Ben Costello, who's a board member of the 1715 Fleet Society, which researches and documents the recovery of shipwrecks. Oh, cool. And I gotta say, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I don't want to participate, but I do want to, like, get you guys drunk sometimes. Absolutely. I just want to hear, like, the dirt for, like, one long uh-huh. sangria laden evening uh-huh. and then you go your way and i'll go yeah. mine because i bet the dirt is great and the rest is super dry totally but thank you for doing this but he points out we don't really have laws about who it belongs to if you know who the gold belongs to but he doesn't want it that's not usually a situation mm. that comes up well, <laughs> where somebody's like no okay no you're right that is like my gold in the sense that I put it there and I know where it is, but I don't want it. <laughs> what are you supposed to do is with it, that? Yeah, That's is it, weird is it considered abandoned property at that point? It, yeah. 
Okay, so my thing, and I'm not trying to jump the gun here because I bet you do touch on this, but my whole thing was like, if I ever found that treasure, it's just like if I won the lottery, I'd keep my damn mouth shut. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay capital gains tax on all these doubloons. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not telling yeah. anybody. I'm just going to change them at a rare coin dealer like once every decade. A little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you have completely nailed it. Uh, so we have a tax attorney in Portland, Oregon, Larry Brandt, who says, I saw the announcement that someone found Fenn's million-dollar treasure, and I thought, do they know they're about to pay $450,000 or so in income taxes? <laughs> yeah, so that's exciting. Good point, Larry. Oh, the man. The moment you find it, you owe taxes on it. Treasure mm-hmm. is income. Oh, Treasure man. Treasure is income, as far as the IRS is oh, concerned. Oh, man. So you owe taxes on it. And so if, for instance, you were a very dedicated hunter who wanted to just keep it mm-hmm. and enjoy it, fuck you. Oh, totally. You can't do Big that. Big Daddy Ira the getting IRS. in peace. <laughs> what? Big Daddy Ira's getting his peace. Big Daddy Ira. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting a piece, just like if you won the lottery, just if you were an NBA player who has to file income taxes every place you play, mm-hmm. you have to do it. If it's in New Mexico, there's an extra proportion off the top. If you, let's see, so you're probably going to do about half of it in taxes, and then what's left, you still need to deal with all the lawsuits yeah. to sort out the claim to the property, to sort out whether you're allowed to be there in the first place. Yeah. This is what, as they put it, it all adds up to an income-to-headache ratio that doesn't look so good. <laughs> fair. Super fair, fair, guys. I didn't realize treasure was this complicated. Over the years, the guy who runs the Fen Treasure website, the guy who posts this stuff, his initial reaction when he got the message in Forrest was like, hey, post this. He's like, oh my God, somebody's spoofing Forrest's email. Like, this is a fake. Gotcha. This, this isn't actually happening. But he says a couple things. He says one is that he wants Forrest to put closure on it because yeah. people need to know if they were close. Yeah. The guess that a lot of people have in the community right now is that Forrest is sorting out the legal implications of what he's allowed to say Mm -hmm. and not say. Because if there's anybody who's very, very used to having everything he says incredibly tightly scrutinized Mm -hmm. and and picked apart, like, it's this guy, right? Totally. He may be in a situation where there's some kind of settlement or deal between him and the finder of like, look, I'm going to, you know, give you this back or I'm going to, uh, if you reveal this information, you're revealing my identity and putting me at risk and then I'm going to sue you or take you to court some other way. Like the theory is that why he said, Hey, I'm going to give you more information and then didn't is because the, the lawyers got involved. Sure. This guy who does the blog has an idea that I really like. And he says, one of the ideas that people on the blog kept circling back to, uh, the treasure hunters who really loved this hunt, is that if they found it, they would take a little something out for themselves, keep it quiet, and put the treasure back without ever saying anything about it. Really? Isn't that the best idea? Oh, it's like a geocache, but with actual money. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. because... What that means is the hunt is over, but the game can go on. Yes. So you know, you know you solved it. You know you figured it out. Maybe you even call Forrest. And yeah. And you're like, hey man, like it's down one doubloon. Yeah, exactly. That was a good time. Yeah. 
catch you on the next go around, like whatever you want to say. But other people can still find it. And then also you don't have the tax situation. You don't have the publicity situation. You haven't killed the hunt for everybody else and made your own life a living hell. You just are like, I have a coin. Oh, I, I love that. Thing. I really, really and like that. Picture me with it. I got a sweet selfie, and then mm-hmm. went about my way. Mm-hmm. Well, now, would I be able to do that as a person who's not already a millionaire? Um, <laughs> that might be a little challenging. No, because a hundred thousand dollars to me, even if nine hundred thousand of it was paid to the government mm-hmm. in taxes, is still a hundred thousand dollars more than I have right now. Yeah, you're like, that's money I didn't have. I'm not going to... Yup. I don't know. So I think the the spiritual, the ethical, the, uh, the, the, trueness, the trueness to the spirit of the game mm-hmm. reflected in just taking a piece is very appealing. That's really the nice. The pragmatist in me doesn't love mm-hmm. it. There's also a rumor, and this was like blowing up when I first started researching this episode and then has been drifting away. There was a rumor basically that somebody solved it and then sold the solve at auction ah! for two million <gasps> like on the dark web <laughs> well i could see it so no <laughs> but, oh <laughs> um they just put up a website and we're basically like i solved it i'm taking closed bids that would i think be the worst one because yeah. then like the treasure now it is a good one for the person who did the solve because they get cash yep they, <laughs> they yep. don't have to put their name out there. They don't have to call Forrest. They don't have to lug any doubloons out of anywhere. Yep. They can just live their life with their their crisp American bills. Mm-hmm. But um, that's so unsatisfying that somebody oh, would just pay their way to it. Absolutely. It? That's back when I used or to buy gold in World it. of Warcraft. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, it was cool. I got to buy my new mount, but I didn't really earn it. I didn't work for it doesn't feel the same. doesn't hit the same. No, it's like why you won't play Sims with money cheats sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I like being able to, to work within the restrictions. Mm-hmm. It makes more interesting outcomes sometimes. And sometimes I just cheat. Uh, yep. But, yeah. So, I personally feel like we haven't heard the end of this. Yes. I do think that it's probably never going to be the big satisfactory here's the annotated poem here's all the pictures so you mm-hmm. can see what the blaze was and what it meant by don't go too fast or whatever mm-hmm. like it's never gonna be that everybody gather in the parlor we're revealing the murderer mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. i don't think we're gonna get that okay I think we will get more and i think it's become clear i have some strong personal preferences about what fits the spirit of the treasure hunt better yes but i want to get your take yes oh absolutely i mean the spirit of the treasure hunt when you were talking about everybody you take a piece you have it solved and you leave it for the next person where like i said it's it's a very expensive it's a very posh geocache i absolutely <laughs> adore i think that is so cool and that would be my favorite outcome um i hate the idea that somebody could have sold the mm-hmm. solution that's just poor sportsmanship Poor form me all around. Absolutely unacceptable. I don't know one way or another whether or not someone actually found it or if Finn pulled it, but for sure. I mean, I, I truly would not tell a fucking soul other than, I guess, the guy I live with, you know, because we're, like, kind of married and shit. But I wouldn't tell anyone if I found it. I really don't think I would have. Although... 
because I don't understand. I mean, I, I realize now, I guess that's stealing since there are laws around treasure hunting and treasure finding and stuff like that. So I guess call the cops, arrest me. I would, I've committed thought crime in my heart. I wouldn't say shit though. What about you? <laughs> so I was, I was just along for the ride and then I just kind of spun at the end like I'd come out of a water slide into the pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just thinking about all the things you said. I have a problem with the theory that Fen pulled it because they called him. Yeah. Because if Fen was gonna chicken out, then he should have done it five years earlier mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. seven years earlier or something. I feel like the way that he's portrayed how he feels about it, there has to be a real treasure. Yeah. This is a guy who believes in real treasure. Yeah, right? he seems to. And so if you were like, you know what, I don't want people to have it, why would you not just pull it the day that occurred to Yeah, you? exactly. You wouldn't leave it out there. No. You wouldn't do, like, why? I just, I can't, and you know, that's not to say that greedy people don't stay greedy. Like, yeah. Like, they do. But that seems like such a, a wet fart of an outcome to this project that's like 10 years of his life i don't think he likes this ending yeah i don't feel like he does so i don't think he would have just pulled it and i think i mean this is like a father and son team who were saying that he pulled it and they spent 15 years looking for uh-huh. it like that's a good story uh-huh. i feel like forrest would like that story. Uh, you would think so you would think so, so yeah yeah my my hope is that at some point Either he'll be allowed to talk about it or Freedom of Information Act or something Mm -hmm. will at least confirm the premise of, you know, it was sold or somebody solved it and paid taxes on it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope we get enough to at least rule out some of the things that are on the table. Like, he never had it out there in the first place, but... I guess this is kind of the reality of a treasure hunt, right? Which yeah. is that it this has so much going for it that so many of the other treasures don't. Where they're so fantastical and they're so vague. Mm-hmm. This was a real treasure in a real spot. I do believe that. Like, I don't know if it was there June 6th, but I think that he put a real treasure out there. I don't think it, it vibes for me with how he approaches life that yeah. he would not have done that. Yeah. I think a lot of people looked for it, had a good time. Five people died. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I think that it reveals that this is always so much more complicated than the stories we want to tell I, ourselves. Right, right. That there, hmm, I know I come back to this a lot, but it really made an impression on me the first time. I was probably like, I don't know how old I was when I saw one of those like hippy dippy t-shirts that says like, you can't throw things away. There is no away. Mm. And okay. it just shows, like, the earth. And you're like, yeah. oh, there really isn't. No, yeah. there's, there's yeah. no away. And this is a, there's no start. There's no, there's no once upon a time to this story. Okay, yes. Because it's happening with us. We can't say once upon a time there was a man who had some treasure. Because once upon a time there were other people who owned those things. Oh. And then a man who had other ideas about it ended up with them. So it makes the story complicated on both ends because yeah. you're like, well, who's who's the hero of this? Who's the protagonist? Yeah. Who's what's the moral of the story yeah. and who's the bad guy? Yeah. And it doesn't shake out so neatly Mm-mm. because I admire that Forrest came up with this way to make the world a little weirder and get people out there. I like treasure hunts and mm-hmm. I like puzzles and mysteries mm-hmm. and 
escape rooms and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really fun. I think it's good to do that. I want to do something like that. But he's a complicated person. And people got really intense about it. I mean, I wonder if he could have gotten the same effect if it were worth $10,000. Because that's the thing is at a certain point. You would have to go, hey, if my loved one died looking for this, and I know that we were living paycheck to paycheck, would my loved one have been out there if it were $25,000 right. worth of treasure or 5000 Right. You start to do you this know, cost-benefit analysis for yourself and yeah, for your people. Yeah. There's a tipping point where you're like, what's the amount, and this is something that I deal with in research a lot, mm-hmm. where you're like, what's the amount where it's... I'm rewarding you for doing it, but I'm not coercing you. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's really tricky to find. It would be. Yeah. Uh, Very situational. Very and Mm -hmm. very specific to each person. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ride. I I don't think we're going to have a whole episode's worth of update if more stuff comes Mm -hmm. out about this. But if it really gets exciting, we will. But I hope this was informative because it's been exciting. Even though there was not, like, a new treasure, it's been exciting kind of to pull at all the threads of what went into this and what did we expect and what did we get instead. (laughs) Right. And, you know, that's also a, um, I mean, if you want to come up with a moral to it or something like that, you can talk about the, look how many people became friends because of this or met met new like-minded souls. Look how many people got out into the woods. It was like Pokemon Go and Michelle Obama kind of happening at the same time, being like, get your fucking exercise (laughs) in, you need your steps. Also, does it inspire the next person to do some kind of treasure, something that gets a whole bunch of people moving and sparking dialogue and imagination together? Yeah, the dialogue and imagination part of it really captures Mm -hmm. me. I mean, obviously, we have a lot to say about it. All the folks on the forums over the years at their Fenberries and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's fun. It's fun when you're really interested in something and somebody else is. That's all you need in life sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's just like, I just want to think about this and not the rest of everything else. I'm sure it was, I I feel like I worry about some of the treasure hunters because I feel like this was probably a coping mechanism. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate that that got taken away during a time when a lot of rough stuff is going on. So that part is rough. I hope they're able to find something else that works. Yeah. But you're also like, this was, I mean, there's worse hobbies. There's totally. Even if you didn't find the treasure. Right? That's really, can you imagine sitting down next to somebody at like a dinner party and you're like, what do you do for fun? And they're like, I hunt treasure. I, yes. I yes. look for buried treasure. <laughs> How God marvelous damn. would that be? Jackpot. Right? Right? I feel like that's when we, you know, start talking about our podcast to people and they're just like, no fucking way, here is the haunted house tour I went on Mm -hmm. when I visited this city. And then you just, kindred spirits, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what having a a Bigfoot sticker on my wallet Mm. is like. I've never got a, well, I won't say never. It's rare to get a boring response to how people feel about Bigfoot. For sure. It's... People aren't usually tepid about that. For sure. So it's it's interesting. We have a, a metal plaque that I got from, oh gosh, the name of the shop just now escaped me, but they're really cool. They've But anyway, it's it's a beware of dog plaque, but it says beware of the ghosts. And yeah, you sent me I one. sent you one. I have one on my wall. It makes yeah. me incredibly happy. I have it out on the front, um, right by the front door where you would have a beware <laughs> of dog. And that is something that every single new person comes, comments on, and not a single person has been like, oh, that's cool. But half of them have said, do you, do you really have ghosts? 
Like, are there really? <laughs> oh my God. Are there really ghosts I'm in there? Put mine outside. Now oh too. man, it's part of the vinyl siding. Today was really cute because the guy goes, "Is that your last name?" And I was like, "Is what my last name?" And he goes, "Ghost." And I was like, "What? Beware of the ghosts." This is like, "Beware of the Kellys." No, baby boy, this is not. You can't come in. We're ghosts. We're go- yeah. I love that. I'm going to change my last name to it immediately. Thank you for the thought. But that is the most random, wild first impression to that door plaque I have received. <laughs> but always good. Always, always good. good. Yep, like you said. It reminds me of this ad that I've seen on Facebook for David Sedaris doing something. And I don't remember if it was about writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he said that he had a question that he always asked people because he always got an interesting response. Which was, when was the last time you touched a monkey? Oh, and okay. And he went into a story about a woman who her response was, why can you smell it on me? <laughs> <laughs> That conversation alone paid for every time you Absolutely it did. That's amazing. Very much. <sighs> so I guess the moral of this story for me is that if you're having fun with something and you're being a good sport, like that woman who was like, good for them. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. I'm glad you solved it. Even the people who are like, hey, this was really fun. I could do with some closure. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. You don't owe me anything, but that would be nice. Mm-hmm. I feel for them because I'm like, yeah, you know what? You engaged your mind. You made friends. You got out there. Yeah. You did something creative and interesting. Yeah. And I know that I personally should spend less time on the couch watching YouTube. <laughs> and every minute that you spent dealing with, with this treasure hunt was engaging in your world in a way that not a lot of people mm-hmm. have. So good for all the treasure hunters, mm-hmm. I guess, is... Is what I have to say, mm-hmm. and just sidestep all the stuff about the legality and the origins of it. But good for good for treasure hunting, good for seeking something and setting yourself to a task and letting your happy little monkey brain have a puzzle to play with. Oh, that's absolutely self care. Self care for <laughs> sure. That is a way that I self care. Looking for treasure. Mm-hmm. Give your little monkey brain something to go find in the woods, and you are going to find so many wonderful things. That's a really good note to end on, so Aww. I'm going to wrap us up okay, there. Okay, please do. All right. You can f- come find the treasures that we are oh. at Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, I, I was oh. waiting for you, actually. Oh, like, oh, my. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are on WeJabrods.com. Mm-hmm. As ever, you know, during this, what is it, the thing they're always saying, the emails? In this unprecedented time. <laughs> uh, We're innovating and time. reimagining you, ways to reach out yeah, to you. you, you you may notice that sometimes you get an episode every two weeks and sometimes every three weeks. And I really appreciate you bearing uh, with us yeah. for that. Particularly, I'd also want to thank the patrons for their support at this time. Yes. Patreon.com slash Ouija Broads. I, I don't know. Do you have any episodes that you're thinking about doing? I don't know why I suddenly decided to throw that to you. As a no, question. my goodness. Well, there is my, my lawyer buddy, uh, James, wants me to look into the $10,000 rock. And he and I emailed some city officials to try to find a little bit more information and have not heard back from them. So, James, if you're listening, I haven't forgotten about it. It's just that we might have to do the $10,000 rock episode without, uh, you know, big government telling me the answer to some questions that he and I had. Other than that, you know I am always looking for ways to introduce you to the weird, wonderful animals that we share this mm-hmm. earth with. That's right. That's right. The Gopher Corporation. The Gopher Corporation. I don't uh, the, like the transelastic gopher 
Yeah, I, I can't remember, and I'm not going to butcher it by guessing, so you'll just have well, to... Well, right, because I said a thing, and that's now sitting in the brain place yep, where the actual, where the actual thing go. is. Yes, so that's another one that I want to tell. What about you? What else are you mm-hmm. thinking about? What I have been reading Trying Home, which is a book about the anarchist utopia in Puget Sound. Oh? And I think... I think that's the main one that's on my radar now that we've got Forest updated because we've had a fair amount of treasure Mm -hmm. back to back. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's kind of where I'm vibing is probably the next one or two for me will be about interesting historical people or communities or things like that. Oh, surprise, surprise. Interesting historical people or communities. Not like that is your like wheelhouse, my darling. You are so good at it. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed this update. I hope that the next update I can bring you is on D.B. Cooper or Raleigh Faulkner or something. Because apparently just they're wrapping up all all the plots. They ran out of episodes for whatever we're doing here. And everything's just kind of getting squared away. Well, that, my darlings, means that you need to go out and create new content for us. And I'm I'm not saying do something illegal or that's going to get your block knocked off. Because gosh dang it, I can't afford it if you lawsuit me. But you could make some, some new fodder if the old stories get... What am I trying to say? Get solved. If the old stories get solved. If too much gets solved, our weird levels will drop below appropriate uh, meters. Oh my gosh. Our metrics, our our target metrics. Uh So we really got to keep this in mind. Yeah, please. All right. Well, folks, with that in mind, here's what I'm going to need you to do Mm -hmm. to keep the metrics up is you've got to live weird. If you're going to do it, you got to die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. That was fun. Oh, that was so good. I'm so good.